Jason Mefford and Kathy Groover, Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Mefford. And I'm Kathy Groover, and we are so excited to be back with you for another amazing episode. Today, we are going to be talking about getting your book written and out there. Um, I'm excited. I got a couple books, Jason. I got a few books. You got a couple books. Between the two of us, we got some books. And um, I went both the route of traditional publishing and self-publishing. And so we are going to have a really good discussion about how to get your book written and how to get it out there. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, you know, um, and, and maybe just before we dive into a lot of the detail stuff, because what I've found is several people that I coached, um, <laughs> they would say, I want to write a book. And I'm like, okay, just a minute. Time out, right? <laughs> Why do you want to write a book? Because yep. I think that is, um, that's a big answer or a big question that you have to ask yourself and really answer before you just jump in. Cause I don't know what the numbers are, but it's, it's some crazy number, like 80% of the people want to write a book, right? That's yeah. on their bucket list. Well, you know, first off, think about why you want to write the book because it's a lot of work Yeah. and there are other ways to accomplish some of the same things. If maybe the book is just a vanity thing that you're putting up there so make sure that you that you answer that question first because it's a lot of work because we're going to start talking about and it yeah. it's a long ride, you know it's it's not like oh thirty days from now I'm going to have a book published eh, ain't going to work that way folks mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way um, so anyway I just wanted to kind of preface with yeah. that so but again if you've kind of decided no I do want to write a book well let's go through now and kind of talk about some of the different ways. Cause like you said, you've done traditional and uh, self-published. I've kind of done the same thing mm-hmm. and it, they're both different routes. Yeah. Um, so, and, and again, there's, there's reasons to write a book, reasons not to write a book. Yes. Don't, don't think you're going to become Stephen King and a multimillionaire from it. <laughs> well, and not surprising. I couldn't agree more because if you know why you're writing the book and let's say, yes, you did decide to write it the why is going to determine which path you take for publishing. If it's a vanity project, if you're going to use it as a giveaway, if you want to give it to your clients, if it's going to act as a business card, self-publish it. No publisher is going to want to mess with that. If you've got multiple ideas, if it's better for a mass market, if you've got marketing and name and stuff behind you, then by all means, try to do the traditional. But know that that's not an easy path. (laughs) Traditional publishing is really difficult to do and it's time consuming 12 to 24 months is how long it takes for a book to get published that's after you find the publisher sometimes publishers require that you have an agent so they you know get an agent first an agent isn't going to talk to you if you only have one book so it's this whole complicated thing and, we'll and they're not going to talk to you if you have no book <laughs> right yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah so it's um yeah so how did you start what was the idea behind you starting with your books jason so the first one I did actually was, um, it was self-published. And, and the reason for it was, you know, I had, it, it, it's a technical book on risk-based internal auditing. Okay. It was, mm. it was a concept that, um, you know, people had been talking about in our profession for a long time, but nobody was actually really doing it the way it was intended. 
for when we started talking about this 25, 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I could only find one other book that really talked about it the way that I believed it was intended to be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I was teaching a course on this. I helped co- to develop a certification around it. And I thought, you know what? I need to put down in words on paper what I'm talking about. And so I actually came up with kind of a whole methodology and a framework around how to do that uh, and decided to put it down in a book. Now, again, it was the first time I self-published a poetry book before that, but that's more kind of a vanity vanity (laughs) kind of thing, right? Just because for for a while there, I was writing a lot of poetry, and I looked down and I went, "Holy crap! I have over a hundred poems. I, I should actually yeah, you didn't know that about me. That's huh? so cool. So it goes it goes painting and poetry go in um, veins for me, <laughs> and it seems to be about every ten years as I look at the uh, the dates on some of my paintings, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that one was two thousand nine. Oh, this one was twenty nineteen. Hmm, oh, ten year. Well, you're in a cycle. T- I'm on a ten year <laughs> cycle, but um. But no, because I just wanted to be able to get it down on paper and 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 kind of use it as as you know an additional revenue stream for some of the trainings that I taught, you know, yeah. to be able to give it away as a giveaway or use it as a lead magnet into doing doing the training with me in corporations. So that was that was why I kind of did it that way. Um, you know, the idea to give it away and to sell it for you know, $40 on my website. And it's, it's still out there because that was back in, I think, 14, 14 when I finally actually got it published. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even still, you know, it's, it's a smaller book. I don't know, 120, 150 pages. Yeah. But it still took a lot of time to be able to even come up with that. You know, you, you realize and you look at the amount of time and then you look at your work product and you're like, holy crap, <laughs> you know? a lot of editing, a lot of, you know, other stuff. And then when you go the self-publishing route, you've got to do all the editing. You know, I used uh, create space. I think it, I think it was even before Amazon bottom or right around the time. Mm -hmm. So I used that platform to be able to distribute it. Yep. Um, And uh, well, actually, actually, no, hold it. I did the poetry book (laughs) on create space. I did the risk-based audit one through book baby. Um, which is kind of a hybrid model. So they, it's still self-publishing. You're still the publisher of the book. Uh Um, But they, um, I I set it up so that it would just be an ebook. Really. I ordered some books because they do have a printing deal. So I ordered a couple of boxes of books. Uh Um, But their, their thing was, you know, they helped with the, the cover art yeah. Um, with, uh, you know, putting it all together, getting it in the, the different, uh, the Mobi PDF and, um, what's the other format is, um, uh, anyway, there's, there's different, there's two, two main ebook formats as well, mm-hmm. but they got that together and then they actually, uh, publish it to the different services, right? Mm-hmm. So I worked through yeah. them. And then they actually put it out on Scribd and Kindle mm-hmm. and Nook and all the different places. So my book is out there on Apple and I don't know, there's a whole bunch of different things. Every time I get my royalty checks, I, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that was a book book <laughs> company. But anyway, I got, I I got there, paid. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know I had it there, but I got some money from it. So there you go, right? Yeah. And then for me, because I did that, they actually handle um, all the royalties for me. Mm-hmm. 
So when when people buy it on, you know, Apple or Kindle, then each month, uh, you know, I get a little, I get some money that comes through yep. um, that hits my account. So they handle all of that side of it. Now I had to pay them for that. Sure. So that's again, you know, it's like somebody's paying for putting everything together and depending yep. on the model that you're using depends on how much you're going to pay when you pay it, things like that as well. Right. Exactly. I, it's funny because I, once again, our lives parallel, um, I sort of did the same thing. Um, I did my first book, I think in 2009. So it was quite a while back. Mm -hmm. I told somebody that I wanted to be a speaker and they said, oh, well, you have a book, right? And I went, no, I, I, I want to be a speaker. <laughs> well, you have a book, right? Because you have to have a book to be a speaker. Yeah. Right. That's what he yeah. told me. And I went, shit, I don't really want to write a book. Like I never... I had written a I had written a book of short stories, which I self-published. Um, so there's that. But um, I was like, I don't really want to write a book. And they were like, Oh no, no, you have to. I'm like, Oh crap. So I have a massage DVD. They're like, That's great. You need to write a book. Uh, so I sat down to write a book, and I had all these ideas, and I was going to do this like uh, surgical medical kind of alternative thing. That, I mean, I had this great idea. And so I pulled all these books off the shelf and they were stacked in my living room. <laughs> my husband goes, okay, how long are these going to sit here? And I'm like, well, I, I don't know. Um, and then one day I was working on a client and it popped into my head. You just finished your training. I just finished my PhD at that point. Um, I had all these exercises I had to do, all these papers I had to write. I was doing tons of articles. And so I thought, you have your content. Like, why are you trying to, you know, so I pulled every article I had ever, ever written. I pulled all the exercises I had to do for school, all the case studies I had to do. And I came up with the alternative medicine cabinet, which was then turned into a TV show, which I've been, it's pretty much out of print now. I haven't even renewed it because it's so old. I would, by the time I'd updated, it, it would be a whole new book. Um, but I put together everything I had already written and I realized as hard as that was, and I may, because I'm a visual kinesthetic, I went and got note cards and I put the different chapters on a note card and I spread them all out on the floor because at that point it was about intelligently organizing chapters. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to rewrite much. I did add a couple chapters in to, to round some stuff out. But at that point it became, how can I organize this in a way that makes sense? So I remember like standing on a chair and looking at all of these, these cards spread out on the floor to help me organize this book. I went with um, self-publishing. I went through a company called Infinity which I think still exists. It's, it changed hands a couple of times and I don't want to disparage any company, but it, the, the, it seemed to kind of get a little, uh, I don't know that I'd use them again. Um, you pay like 400, 500 bucks yeah. to set everything up and then you have to buy your copies. Um, but they automatically put it on Amazon. They automatically send it out to different distributors and that sort of thing. So that was my first book experience was again, the self-published thing. Um, and I remember working with a PR guy. <clears throat> he did this mass email blast. And I had about 60 requests for radio and TV interviews, book reviews, all this stuff. And he goes, okay, now when you send out the book, make sure you include this sheet with it. And I went, what? <laughs> and he goes, well, wait, when you send out the book. And I went, wait, 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 what? What do you mean when I send out the book? I can't send out 60 books. And he goes, but you have to, how are they going to review it? How are they, they want to see the book. And I was yeah. like, uh, and he goes, let me, let me guess. This is your first book. And I said, yeah. 
And he goes, okay, you're going to realize that that's the best business card you have and that you're going to be giving this book away. Now I was horrified, right? I had just poured all this time and money at that point, that was a lot of money, all this time and energy and money into this book. And he's telling me I have to give it away. And now of course I'm like, here, have a book. You know, it's like, it's become a business card, <laughs> but it, he was so right. And I thought he was just this arrogant, you know, like, oh, you'll be giving it away. It's like, no, I do now, you know, again, that one's out of print, but, but it's, it is, it's true. It's, it became one of the best business cards. And I don't know if you found this to be true as well. The second you had a book, did everyone just think you were more important than you were yeah. before you had the book, which is ridiculous. Cause I knew nothing more before the book than after the, you know, after the book than before the book. And then when you have more than one book, they're like, you're a genius. It's like, no, yeah. I just wrote. No, uh, it's, you know. it, it, it's the same thing there is. And that's why, you know, in the speaking industry or other places like that, hmm. people push so hard yep. for you to have a book. Um, I remember Brian Tracy told me one time hmm. too, he said that he, 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 he calls it uh, BB and AB, kind of like BCAD. Mm -hmm. He's like, there That's was my career book. before <laughs> book. There was my career after book, right? And this guy's written, I don't know, he's like 70 or 80 books now. Something uh, yeah, crazy, right? I'm not even sure how that happens. Uh, yeah, well, I, I know, but we won't talk about it today. <laughs> but the, uh, anyway, the, um, so there's, yeah, there, there's kind of the different routes. So again, if you're going to go the self-published way, again, realize you're going to make an investment, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> again, I haven't self-published a book in that way in a while. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in that research, find out which companies are out there, which ones are still doing it. Like I said, I think book baby is still doing it because they're still paying me, Yeah. Uh, but there's other <laughs> options and I don't know what, what those other options are, but do your research, but realize if you're going to self-publish a book, you're going to probably invest anywhere from 500 to maybe $2,000 uh, in, in cash cost, right. To be able to get it set up, do the cover, mm -hmm. get it ready for publishing. If you're going to buy hard copies of your books, um, but realize that's going to be an investment right. um, that you're going to make. Now, another, another way that a lot of people are doing self-published books now is there are book coaches that actually pretty much kind of walk you through the whole process. They do all of the back end okay. stuff for you. You're still paying for that. And yeah. I think that I think the going rate on those is somewhere between ten to fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what they do is most hmm. of the people, if if they're good at what they do, they get you to um, uh, best selling status. Okay, so there's a lot of companies out there that do the best selling status. So just be careful, but realize what it is. They know kind of how the algorithms and everything work and they publish your book on a particular day, they do some other stuff to drive more traffic to it. And so for a few days, your book does very well, and then nobody knows about it, right? Can I tell you how much I hate that? Can I just really <laughs> express, for those of you who aren't watching this, I, my eyes were rolled back so far, I thought I was gonna have to press my tongue down to stop a seizure. I hate that so much in every cell of my being because you're not a bestseller. You sold it for a nickel for a day on Amazon and you've got a <laughs> sticker that drives me batshit. I hate that. It is, and anybody that knows looks at that sticker and goes, I know what you did. You gave your book away. I mean, it, that, that is not, you're not a bestseller if you do that. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm insulting somebody, but that does not make you a bestseller. It drives me crazy. That is gaming the system and I don't like it. 
So just beware, because like <laughs> I said, there's a lot of people that are out there. So, but just realize what you're getting into. For some right. people, <clears throat> that might work, right? right. I mean, yeah. uh, but just realize again, somebody pays for all the work that has to be done. Yes. The difference between you paying like five hundred to two thousand dollars is you're doing most of the work. Right. If you hire a coach or another company like that, they're doing more of the work for you. So obviously you have to pay them for their time and effort yeah. as well. Right. That seems like a lot. And um, the last two books I did, I didn't take to my publisher because they were little. It was mm -hmm. Conquer Your Stress at Work and Workplace Wellness. They were maybe 60 pages. My publisher's not going to touch that. So I went through Create Space, which is now KDP on Amazon. Mm -hmm. So easy. Um, if you're going to self-publish, please, 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 please get an editor. Don't get Crazy Uncle Joe to do it unless Crazy Uncle Joe is an editor. Don't get a friend unless they're an English major and they know what they're doing. I have read so many self-published books that desperately need editing. There's typos and there's spelling errors and there's a sentence that takes up an entire page. Please, please, please have it professionally edited. Um, make sure you choose a good cover. Not, I mean, it is important. It's not gonna be on a shelf somewhere probably because when you self-publish, it's incredibly difficult to get into bookstores. So if you dream of having your book in a brick and mortar store, unless you go to individual bookstores, like we have one in here in town called Chaucer's, if you are a local author or a self-published author, you can take your book to them. They do a 60-40 split, which sounds great, except when you realize you purchased your book for 50%, so you're basically getting like a buck per book. Um, it's not a way to make a lot of money. And I think people assume that because I've written books, I kind of, I sit at home and I record my podcast and I play with my cat and my guinea pig and I just rake in the dough. No. <laughs> the money just rolls it's in. Just rolled right? in. I got my, my last, uh, my last royalty from KDP was a buck 39 for a couple audiobooks. You know, it, this is not a big moneymaker. You're not going to be the next Stephen King or JK Rowling or, you know, it, it just, it, it happens for very few people, mm -hmm. but books do serve another great purpose. Jason, what is that? Books. Mm -hmm. Well, I like to read them. <laughs> there's that okay so they, yeah. they give you credibility right that's what I, yep that's that's the main thing is it gives it gives you credibility and it allows it allows it like like we were talking about before it's it's a glorified business card or kind of a lead magnet so if you're in yep. the online space a book can often act as a great lead magnet just to get people uh, used to you and some of your concepts and things like yeah. that, right? It's, yep. it's, it's a way for them, you know, if, if they go out and they pay, you know, three bucks, five bucks, 50 bucks for your book, it gives them an opportunity for a low price point to get to know you. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, and that's why, again, we started off with why do you want to write a book? If you think you're going to be a millionaire sitting at home in the lap of luxury, ain't going to happen folks. Nope. But but your book can serve you in, in warming up people or being able to use it for a way to go to other higher ticket things, right? So it's the same thing like with speaking. You know, if you're charging 2,500, 5,000, 10, 25,000 for a speech, right? That's where your book ends up. You don't make money on the book. You make money on the other services that you provide. Your book is just a way to help give you credibility. Yeah. Though I have to say, the way I sell most copies of my book are back of the room after I talk. 
because everybody's jazzed. Everybody wants a piece of you. And I remember speaking at a woman's luncheon in Dallas. I have never seen so many beautiful, well put together women in my life. The hair, the makeup, the purses, everybody was just so beautiful. The shoes, like nobody missed a beat on this. And I was speaking to, I think, maybe 150 women. We had a blast. We laughed the entire time. It was rowdy. It was fun. And I brought a bunch of books with me. And at the end, the line was through the restaurant where they had the luncheon, mm-hmm. waiting to get my books. And I would have people, because at that point, I think I brought five of them, and they'd go, bloop, 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 bloop. I'll take all of them. And I sold <laughs> so many. And I said to one woman, like, well, those two are pretty similar. She's like, I don't care. I've had people say, I'm never going to read these, but you're amazing, and I want your books. I'm like, okay. You know, so if you're going to sell the book, if you want to sell the books, that's the way I sell most of them. Barely any on Amazon, because how are you found on Amazon? Yeah. You know, uh, it's, it's really hard to be found online. And I think, what was the stat that I read? The majority of self-published books don't sell more than 200 copies. Mm-hmm. It's probably about right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause, cause normally, and I know the numbers seem low, but if you, if you sell 3000 books, that's pretty, that's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah. <laughs> right. So yeah, think it, think about how you're using it. Um, you know, and so we've talked a little bit about the, the self-published thing. So we probably should transition mm-hmm. a little bit into, into the traditional experience and then maybe talk about, um, how you can actually get started because we've already mentioned a couple of those things, but we'll yeah. come back to that here at the end. So traditional is a totally different route, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, when I was looking for traditional publishers, most of them will not take unsolicited manuscripts. So you can't just get a hold of Simon and Schuster and be like, I got a book. They're going to throw it away. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to talk to you. Um, if you want to get to a medium to bigger size publisher, you have to go through an agent. Getting an agent is just as hard as getting a publisher because again, you have to have a track record. Um, if you have a self-published book already that sold really well and they're talking over four or 5,000 copies, <laughs> typically it's like that's a lot of self-published books to sell. Um, you might get an agent. There are um, in the days when we could actually be in person, they would have these giant, almost like speed dating things where you could talk to different agents and publishers. There's a big one every year in New York. It's very expensive to go to, but if you get your agent or your publisher out of it, it's worth it. Um, when you uh, go to a traditional publisher, if they take manuscripts, they want to, they don't want to see the whole manuscript right off. They want a cover letter. They want a 30 to 50 page, what your book looks uh, what, you know, a summary of the book. They want to know possible titles. They want to know how you're going to market it. They want to know five other books in that industry that are competition. They want to know your social media and marketing plan. They want to know your mailing list. They want to, because they are not going to sell this book for you. You still have to do the work. And I've heard so many people say, I'm going to get a big advance. Not anymore. (laughs) Nope, not anymore. And remember, even if you do, let's say they give you a $5,000 advance. It's an advance. You have to pay that back. You earn it out of your future royalties. It comes out of your future royalties and royalties typically come only a year. Sorry, falling out there. uh, Only come a year after you sell the book. So anything you sell the first quarter of the year, you're probably not going to see till fall. And you've got to now pay that 5,000 back off those royalties. So you might not see royalties for five or six years, depending on the book. Mm -hmm. So it's not an easy path. Um, I was very lucky in finding my publisher very, very lucky. I hit just at the right time. And they actually republished some of my self-published books. 
which is also unheard of. That rarely, if ever, happens. So I really lucked out with that. So what was, and I know you did the traditional yeah, I, as well. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and I was going to say, because kind of from what you just talked about too, one of the important points that people probably skipped over is even if you go with a traditional publisher, you still have to sell your book. They're going to market, they're going to publish it. They're going to put it out in different places. But if you're not doing things to market your book, yep. just because it's sitting on a shelf in Barnes and Noble doesn't mean anybody's going to buy it. Right. And so, you know, you still have to do the book tours, the different, whatever marketing you're going to do to be able to help push that book. Right. Yeah. As well. Um, and, and again, you're, it's still not a guarantee that you're going to sell a lot of copies. Yeah. And royalties are very low. Um, I know my ex uh, wrote multiple books and a lot of them came from a traditional publisher. And I remember reading the contracts and thinking, wow, that this, all book contracts that I've ever seen, and my attorney told me this when I, was, when I showed her my book contract, she's like, there, I've never seen a book contract that benefits the author. It's, yeah, all, it's all about the publisher. I mean, they'll give, you, they'll give you five author copies, and you're like, that's mom, that's, my, that's one for me, that's like, give me 20 author copies, and they're so loath to do that for you. Um, for things like promotions. So you're probably going to have to buy your own books to give them to the PR people. It's, it's a, why do we do this? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why awful. I started off with, why do you really want to buy a book? Or why I, do you want to write a book, right? Exactly. And I'm working on my eighth and now I'm going, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> yeah. So with me, one of the other routes that I went, it was a little bit different, traditional publisher, but it was a textbook kind of an idea. Right. So mm -hmm. it's, it's, there was a, there's a, in internal auditing, there's a, there's a book called Sawyer's Internal Auditing. Oh. It was written many, many years ago, but it's gone through different revisions and versions. And so I was asked to help contribute to the seventh edition of that book. And so it was effectively, you know, there were, I don't know, 10 or 15 of us. Mm -hmm. that you know the the book was broken up into different chapters yeah and and we kind of worked on different parts of the book that were topic related to our our area of expertise right That's cool okay and then but again traditional publishers so there was the whole you know book outline there was somebody who was really kind of the editor and the subject matter expert <laughs> trying to pull you know, herd all of our cats, all of us cats together yep. and make the book flow. Um, but, but, you know, with that, there's a lot of back and forth and back and forth. And even on that, you know, I expressed a lot of concern that what I felt like I needed to say was going to be watered down in the editing. Mm -hmm. So I almost didn't even do the book, uh, but got some assurances and knew a couple of people that would be editing it. At the end of the day, it wasn't, it was 90% of what I had hoped for, right. which was good. Now that was one where because of the nature of the book, the, the publisher was really paying us a flat fee up front and we were giving them effectively the IP so that they can make the money on the back end. So I got a little, I got some money up front for it. Economically, it wasn't worth the time that I put in, but because of the prominence of that book in my yeah. industry, I wanted my name in the list of authors. Yep. So I went ahead and did it. I didn't do it for the money. I did it for the industry credibility. 
Yeah, that's that's an amazing opportunity. That's really cool. I think I probably would have done it as well. I, I want to go back to something you said that you were concerned about having your stuff watered down in the editing, and you lose so much control when you go with a traditional publisher. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at one of my first conferences. I was just there as an attendee, and there was a woman sitting next to me, and she had the stack of books. And I said, "Oh, did you did you buy these here? Is there a place to buy books?" And she goes, "Oh no, I wrote these." And I went, "Whoa." So smartest thing ever, everybody that walked by stopped and asked her about those books. She sold every single book she brought. (laughs) So I looked at her books and she had two that were traditionally published by big publishers and two that were self-published. And this is before I wrote any of my books. I was so green. I didn't know anything. And I said, oh, so can I ask you about the publishing of this? She goes, absolutely. I said, so I'm assuming you wrote the self-published ones and then later you got a publisher. She goes, absolutely the other way. I said, really, why would you give up a big traditional publisher to self-publish books? I said, that seems really weird to me. And she said, Kathy, the third book I wanted to do, it was going to be 30 months out from publication. They wanted to change the title. They wanted to change the headshot. They wouldn't let me do footnotes. She said, it was no longer my book. And I pulled out of the contract. She said, I self-published it in six weeks with my title, with my book. It was my book. She said, I am a control freak. I am time sensitive. I was not going to wait 30 months to get barely paid for a shitty book that wasn't even mine anymore. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And Michael dealt with that too, with a cover that was so horrible. I mean, they, they made choices and then got mad that he wanted to argue with the choices. You know, I mean, it's just, so I've heard horror stories about working with publishers. So just to throw that yeah, out. Yeah, so if, if you want more control, go the self-publishing route. Um, the other thing too, you know, is, is kind of that cautionary tale is if you're going to go with a traditional publisher, make sure you actually review the contract uh, because sometimes you're effectively, you know, signing over and they are buying the IP from you. Yep. Um, and so you don't really have any control about doing anything with that in the future, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Have an attorney look it over. I got a literary attorney. I think she charged me 500 bucks, which might have been more than I ever made in royalties. Um, but it, it, she fixed, I mean, there were parts where she's like, this isn't right and you got to fix that. And you please have someone look it over that knows what they're doing. Yeah. Well, so then if we transition a little bit into um, kind of how to write it, and we've already kind of told you this and you don't even real, hardly realize it, right? But um, you know, there's different ways to write it, but just like what Kathy did, just look at what you already have, right? So a lot of books are written based on people's blogs. Yep, well, if you've been a blogger blog for, posts. if you've been a blogger for a while, you've got a lot of content, mm-hmm. you know, Kathy, you had all your stuff from your PhD program. I my that risk-based audit book that was based on a five day training that I had already developed. Okay, so I pretty much already had the outline. I just had to explain in text what I was normally explaining in a five-day training session. So you already kind of have the outline. So so look at what there is that you already have. And then, like you said, you know, you can put them on, you know, uh, note cards or whatever, lay them all out, and you've already got kind of the outline for what it is that you're going to do. Another way that, that people do it as well is, you can just kind of journal a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. So, so one of the books that I'm reading right now 
just from the reading from the from the writing style and the way the book is actually set up i could tell that it's it's kind of three parts to it uh they're very small chapters mm -hmm. and what it appears is he probably sat down and wrote for half an hour or an hour each day and because a lot of it was was kind of experiential it was what he was going through what he was feeling the experiences that were going on and so that's another way that you can kind of sit down and start writing something too very similar yeah. to blog posts but you're just kind of journaling or or getting a little bit out each day right yeah. and that's and that's the thing because if you're, if you're going to do this, um, you know, a lot of people talk about writing retreats, which are great. You can do that. Um, but it depends on kind of your writing style as well. Mm -hmm. um, but showing up and doing a little bit each day uh, is better than thinking, oh, I'm just going to cram everything into a week. Right. Usually, usually doesn't happen if you try to cram. And that's why the, the um, Stephen Press, Pressfield or Pressman, Press, I think it's Pressfield. The, the, the war of art is a great book yeah. uh, to read about this. And, and his, one of his points in there is it's like, look, you know, creating art and writing a book is art. Yep. And you've got to be willing to show up and actually do something. Cause he says, you know, the muse, a lot of people sit around and go, Oh, I have writer's block. I have to wait for the muse to show up. Right. But in his book, he's like, yeah, every time I sit my butt down in the chair at 9 a.m., the muse shows up, right? Because he, mm -hmm. he does that consistently. And a lot of other uh, writers are the same way. Hemingway, I know, was the same way. He, he put his butt in the chair every day at a certain time, and he wrote like it was his job, because it was. Yeah, exactly. No, and I love so much of what you're saying uh, about you know, you, I think we have to find the style that works for us. I tend mm -hmm. to dictate. So my books sound, and I get, I love this compliment. It sounds like you're reading it to me. Good. Cause I dictated it. I'm not one to sit down as fast as I type. Um, my brain and mouth works faster than typing. So I tend to dictate. I wrote my last book driving to and from LA to go do trapeze because mm -hmm. I'd click on the recorder and I would translate stuff. I mean, you can use something like Temi. I actually use the notes feature on the phone, which is mm -hmm. good until it goes ping. And then you realize it stopped you mid sentence and you don't remember what you were saying. Um, so there's a lot of great ways you can dictate it. I've suggested that to so many people and they love that idea. Um, I am not a sit in my butt in the chair every day at the same time to write and it happens. I don't work that way. I get the urge to write and I'll sit down and I'll tear out an hour or two. And then maybe it won't happen for another day, a couple days. Um, the only time I had to force myself to write was when I was doing my dissertation and I hated every second of it. <laughs> you had a deadline. Time crunch. Yeah. Oh, I had a time and I hated it. And I remember sitting there typing and typing and going, uh, I can't write anymore. And Michael would come up <laughs> behind me, he'd put his hands on me and he goes, I think you have to. And I'm like, I know. And he'd hand me wine and I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, Go back. I actually thanked wine and iced tea and the intro to my dissertation because it like it got me through. It's like because I, I had to write and I hated it and I hated the style of that. It was so stilted and you couldn't say I and you couldn't say I mean it, it, the write the way you enjoy writing. <laughs> I write and I have a little asides and I'm slightly irreverent and I swear a little bit and because I'm dictating, it sounds very natural like I'm talking. That is to me is my writing style find your own voice. And this is one of the reasons I'm not a huge fan of ghost writing 
to me, it's like, if you have something to say, then just put it down and say it in your words, in your tone. Um, I don't quite get the idea of someone else writing your stuff then because you didn't write it, but that's a whole other thing. Um, Well, and like you said, there's a lot of different options now because we can actually dictate. There's a lot of technology that can do that. You can transcribe anything. So, you know, the same thing, even like with, with podcasts or videos that you're doing, you can actually get those transcribed. You know, there's several different services, like I know Temi is one. Um, I use Mm rev.com, you know, where you can either for 10 cents per minute, I think it is. It's something like 10 cents a, a minute. If you have the computer do it or a dollar a minute if you actually have a human go back and, and yeah. kind of edit it. Yeah, Temi's, um, Temi's much cheaper. Is Temi che- even cheaper oh, than 10 cents oh, per minute? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you can get it. it most of the time it's run through a computer, so there is going to be some editing that you're going to have to do. Pretty but accurate, Yeah, it's, it's still pretty accurate. It's 90 plus percent accurate. Um, it may get some of the context things wrong or stuff like that, but... Yeah. Um, it's still pretty good and easy, at least then if, if you're, if you're more of a talker than a typer, then there's another option for you to do it. Yeah, exactly. I was dictating, cause I also use, I've got a Mac and so I hit command twice and I can dictate anything into my computer and it changes it into words. And, you know, I do my mini meditation, which is inhale, I am exhale at peace. And that's what I was dictating <laughs> and repeat. I am ass peace. <laughs> like that's a whole different meditation ass yeah. piece In, yeah. inhale i thought it was going to be something about eight p's or something like that <laughs> no i am ass piece i'm like oh okay that's a different kind of thing anyway we've like this is now like been a 45 minute show so we should probably stop talking all right but yeah hopefully again for anybody that you know if you're interested in in writing a book and i know most people are you know ask yourself why why do you want to do the book you know realize what what the more likely outcomes will be from doing it. Yep. Uh, you know, get rid of some of the beliefs of, oh, I'm just going to be a millionaire and sit on the beach, you know, when I write my my blockbuster. It happens to very few people. Yeah. It could happen to you. That might be in your, in your you know, karma. But it's, for for most of us, books are a way to just add credibility to what you already do uh, and use that as a way to leverage the other products and services that you're actually offering. And to share knowledge and help people. I mean, let's not forget that part. The reason, true, the other true. reason I wanted to write books is to reach more people and share what I know about stress reduction. And I know you wrote to yeah. help them get through this, the, the audit stuff that you do. So, you know, there, we, we don't want to gloss yeah. over this, this whole helping people yeah, thing. Yeah, the whole helping uh, part. Yeah. And, well, you know, no. well, I was just saying, and when you know the why, that helps inform whether you're going to do traditional or, or self-published. So that's just, I was going to throw that in. Yeah. Or even at the end, cause I was going to throw into that. I forgot before is, you know, I went back and looked at that book that I wrote back in 2014 and thought, you know, I probably should update that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, I had to, I looked at the why, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to help people. I'm trying to get content out to them faster. And so for me, instead of, you know, doing a revision on that book, I actually created a 30 hour course uh, online course instead, right? So, so I chose to do to go that route to provide the information to people in a video format online course mm-hmm. instead of a book. 
because I could do that quicker. Yep. Right. And I felt like, you know, again, it, it was a better learning uh, environment for people. And, you know, I could charge a lot more for that than I could for the yeah. book too. I agree. Yeah. And so there's, there's other options like that as well. Um, so don't feel like you have to do the book. There's, there are some other options out there as well. That's absolutely true. And we can have an entire segment on doing online courses because I have one and it's failed miserably. Mm. And yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. It's a, it's a hard business. Yeah, I know. I think I, I think I did it too late. Anyway, you know, timing is everything. Anyway, <laughs> oh my God, this has been so fun. Um, but he, here's the other thing. Don't think about it as writing a book that's really intimidating. Write a, a sentence that turns into a paragraph that turns into a chapter and then you have a whole book. Um, you know, it's the whole eating the elephant. We have to bring the elephant back in, eating the elephant one spoonful at a time. So got to have an animal in every episode. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yay, animals. Um, okay, so this was great. Go out, write your book. Let us know how it goes. Let us know if you have any questions. We could both help you through this. Um, I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go out and we'll see you on next week's fire and earth podcast have a great week